Comes the Sun. With Mariel Hemingway and Melissa Yamaguchi. Out Comes the Sun compassionately helps you navigate mental wellness practices that you can apply to your daily life. And we tell your story. And now, Mariel Hemingway and Melissa Yamaguchi. Welcome to Out Comes the Sun radio show podcast. Uh, I just want to say that I'm super excited because I had Melissa Yamaguchi, who is my my co-founder partner in the Mariel Hemingway Foundation, which I mentioned right before the break. Hi, dear friend. I'm going to be there soon. Super excited to see you in person. Mm-hmm. And Jeremiah Higgins, who is our executive producer and now our really good friend. And the cool thing is I met him on his radio show called The Jeremiah Show, gosh, a few years ago, it was before the craziness of COVID, I think it was 2019, and we had such a great synergy and energy talking to each other that I remember going back to Melissa and calling her up and saying, that was the best interview I've ever done. It was just so (laughs) easy. So anyway, long story short, these many years later, we decided after we've been doing this doing our podcast, doing this radio show uh, alone for almost a year now, we decided that we needed to step it up and become adult podcaster radio show people. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what we we did. So we decided to ask Jeremiah if you would help us, help us to become adults in the radio world. And he has such a great radio voice. Anyway, welcome, Jeremiah. Welcome to our show. Thank you. This is such an honor to be on your show. Does that mean that I have to grow up, though? Uh, no, and become no, no, an adult was, podcaster. Actually, that's not even possible. I just meant the show needed to grow up. A yeah, little bit. <laughs> but us, no, we uh, get to stay. That, there's no pressure. There is there. <laughs> no, thank you so right. much for having me. Exactly. That, what a great topic. I love what you said about uh, mental health as well. How it does affect our mental health. I'm excited to talk about this. With yeah. You. Well, you know, I, I. I you know, so the the topic being collaboration, I really think the collaboration is so much more than just being cooperative with other people. It's really about it's really about community. It's really about like it's perfect today that all three of us are together because we just started, quote unquote, collaborating. Mm-hmm. We just started cooperating with each other in a way. And there's growing pains to that, which I find, you know, it's been interesting. Like we've all. We all have to learn each other's rhythm. I mean, Melissa and I've been friends for a long time, so we know how how we are with each other. So we've had to learn like our communication skills with you, Jeremiah, because we we don't know you like we know each other. Mm-hmm. And so but that's, you know, and I guess because the theme of the month kind of of March for Melissa and I has been relationship and friendship and all that stuff and and new friendship. You're kind of a new friend, new collaborator, new partner. And I don't know. I can't do anything with anybody that is not my friend. I don't know. Did you notice that, Melissa? Well, <laughs> you know, the collaboration is a is a fascinating concept. It's it's something that began in prehistoric times and was really expanded upon with trade and and per, 
community progress through the Roman Empire. So collaboration is this art of people working together for a unified project and advancement. And the 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 fascinating thing about collaboration is it's not it is in community, most certainly. But if we look at the splinter of collaboration, it's in arts. And think about it, the, the musician is collaborating with the dancer and or the or the the, the film. Uh, right. The music with our show, the in business right. collaboration, in education, there's collaboration. And some of the best education, by the way, if I could give a little shout out to education, is the layering effect where in art class, you're learning what they're teaching in history. So there's a collaboration between the teachers and professors. It's a really beautiful synchronicity that allows the messages to really sink into the child. And then you've got a publishing, you've got tech, science, medicine. So this collaborative idea is much more prevalent and it's what makes our world go round. And you're right. It's it's so much easier to collaborate with someone, whether through a marriage contract, a friend understanding when you're both on the same page mm -hmm. and you are collectively working towards a unified greater good or a unified end. So, yeah, it's it's a powerful subject. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing that is interesting, because I think, and maybe you can expand on this, Jeremiah, a little bit, is that I think that society, our society is a little bit kind of, it's not anti-collaborative, but every, everybody is so, and this is such a mental health concept, in my opinion, everything, everyone is so kind of isolated now. Here we are on Zoom, here we are... I do my thing, I'm selling my product, I'm in my room, I'm by myself, I whatever. But there's this isolation that's happened because of social media, because of a pandemic, because of so many, you know, fill in the blank, so many things. And I think it, it has it, it has warped a little bit our sense of community and our sense of collaboration. Because collaborate, I mean, you can't make a movie. Whenever I've been on a movie and you get Sometimes you have a celebrity who's, or, or maybe not a celebrity, maybe just an actor who thinks the whole entire thing is about him, which is interesting. Um, <laughs> can't make the grips, the gaffers, the director, the, the, the second assistant director, the, the, the guys that go get you caught. You can't make a movie without every little piece and the cog in the wheel has to go so smoothly, right? And we accept that in, in that form of artistry. But somehow I think that we, we deny the collaboration because everybody wants to be perfect, mm -hmm. right? Everybody wants to, like, I can do everything. You know, it's kind of like what mothers do. But, you know, I'm sure for you, Jeremiah, too, it's like here you do the you're producing a lot of shows, not just your own. You're producing a lot of shows and there's pressures on on you or you feel that pressure. Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean that we're putting it on you or, or your other, you know, the other people that you produce. Right. Yeah. No, it's the pressure. I put more pressure on myself than than you either of you have on me because. um I value you. I respect you. And I, I want it's hard to, ex to accept it. What's that? 
I value both of you. I respect both of you so much that, uh, you know, the pressure is put on by me to, to match what you have accomplished in your life so far. Mariel, you said it to me the other day. We were talking about um, a project, a possible project for you. And it, the, the rates, the, ter- the, the topic of, of rates came up and you said to me, it really had an impact on me. You said, uh, you know, I don't want to go backwards in my rates because I've worked really, really, really hard and climbing this mountain to, to get to a certain point of respect and, and a pay level. And I don't want to go backwards. You know, the, um, you would do that if you believed in, a, you know, you would do it if probably if I asked you to and you, you would be nice and kind, but you don't want to and you shouldn't have to. I wanted to go back to your very, to your opening, if I could real quickly. And you said some, yeah. uh, you made a comment about um, you personally, you don't take on projects or you, you really don't want to work with people. Uh, sometimes you have to, but you, you, you try to choose who you surround yourself with. And I think the most important thing that I've learned in my life uh, collaborating with so many people over the years is is that lesson that you mentioned. It, it's try to find people that are seeking excellence, that are um, that are honorable, that have similar beliefs as you do, um, and strive to get better, better every day. We're all going to make mistakes and, I th- and and have failures. And that's where the good stuff is. We, you know, that's where we learn and grow and, and get better. But collaborating, uh, you, we have just a little bit of time on this earth. And if, if you can surround yourself, that's what I've learned, with great people that, such as yourselves that are really trying to make a difference and they align with your beliefs and, and your morals and your moral compass, uh, that's it's it, that's where you want to be. You don't want to waste time with people that drag you down or or uh, take you in different directions. It's so it's so um, draining on on you mentally, your mental wellness. Right? You Absolutely. go home thinking about it. You're it, you dwell on it. It's just not. It's it's toxic. And so, if you can feel comfortable with yourself, if you know who you are, and then choose accordingly around you and work on the things that matter to you uh collaboration can be just such an amazing thing between people and why pick up why pick up an unnecessary fight when you have the ability to choose why not go for why not go for what's going to make make you optimize when you're lifted in optimization and working at your highest level the laws of attraction deem that you're doing the same for everybody around you. So there's no reason to to fight an unnecessary exactly. fight. Some of us are some people that Marilyn I've spoken to in the past have been so comfortable with the chaos and the drama mm-hmm. that even though they complain and gripe about it, they they keep they gravitate towards it because it's that code of familiarity. They understand how to work within that, even though it may not be the best. You know, I'm. It's when we were talking earlier about the collaboration in the different fields of our communities. I'm if I may share a, a story, and I won't expand on it too. I won't stay on it too long because I could for hours. It's at the tip of my tongue and at the edge of my brain. My um, I'm working with uh, in my family a family member who's been going through some medical issues, and um, most recently I was speaking with. Uh, a doctor, and we were trying to come up with some answers for my family members 
uh, self-care. And and so my husband was mentioning some of the things that he thought were, were working and helping my, my family member. And the doctor said, no, no, hang on a minute. I don't want um, this person, I don't want the patient exercising. And that's out of the question right now. And it, it, there's no broken bones. It's, 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 I just want to clarify that without revealing too much. And my husband said, no, no, let me finish. I, the, the latest report was that some of the muscles have atrophied. I'm using baby weights at the gym. I'm working this person out. I'm helping this person get stronger. And when the doctor left the room, my husband turned to me and he said, what's going on? And I said, I did not use the word collaboration then. I will now to substitute my verbiage. There is no collaboration between self-care, nutrition, and pharmaceutical care and surgery. So there's this disconnect within our medical industry of true collaboration. And I, you know, we've, Meryl, you could speak more to this than I. It, it, I believe it starts in med school where the, there, I think there's been some report that classes on nutrition are like five hours or something. So the, the lack of collaboration in our medical industry is one of the reasons I think we've seen some of the, de uh, the demise for different areas mm -hmm. with our health. And, and certainly during COVID, we saw a rise of that. Well, and, and, the, and the problem with that whole thing is that, yes, they don't spend a lot of time on nutrition and they don't value nutrition. nutrition. And I'm not a medical doctor, <laughs> you know, but how can you put a pharmaceutical drug or even an Advil or aspirin in your body and have it affect you within, you know, minutes or a half an hour, right? Mm -hmm. And yet... We discount the food that you put in as not affecting the brain, as not affecting the body, as not affecting if you have cancer, like that sugar is not going to feed those cancer cells. I just don't understand. I just don't understand that disconnect. And yeah. it's that lack of, and I guess it is a lack of collaboration, you know, collaboration mm -hmm. or cooperation. And what's really sad about what you've said about the medical thing and going in and if you don't have somebody to advocate for you or you don't know how to advocate for yourself or you're, you know, incapacitated and you can't, who, you know, what, what is that? What is that guy in the white coat just because or woman, just because she has that PhD, MD, whatever it is, and tells you you're wrong based on what? You don't know this for, you know, like that's where I think that, and I'm not against, uh, you know, uh, the medical world at all. I think there's extraordinary uh, leaps and bounds in, in, in the field, but but that this lack of kind of communication is why I like functional medicine. Functional medicine is kind of this wonderful collaboration of Western Eastern medicine, right? It's this, it's a balance, which is what it should be. Because in the East, and you know this better than I do, they treat you while you're well, they keep you well, right? Yes. That's the difference. It's crazy, right? You know, what's interesting, if I could jump in, I was watching a, uh, a, a, sh a story last night about the uh, United Network for Organ Sharing and how they are trying to revamp their whole system. It takes way too long to get a kidney or an organ transplant. Uh, you're on these long wait lists. And, and the 
basically collaboration between mm-hmm. the different hospitals and the different people that have organs available. <laughs> and, and so uh, the story was about th- that they are now seeking bids and seeking collaboration with tech companies, anyone else who can help them streamline this. And they used an, an example that I thought was interesting about, uh, you know, how you can get on Amazon and you can order a toothbrush and you have it, you can track your toothbrush yeah. all the way to your house and you know exactly <laughs> the minute pretty much it's going to arrive. Why can't they do that with organ transplants in the medical field? Why can't they collaborate with all this great tech, all these great uh, minds out there and speed things up? So that's interesting. I thought of it, Melissa, because of your story. But um, Absolutely. And you're so right. I'm going to interrupt you because we're going to take a little break. We're going to come back to the Outcomes of Sun uh, radio show podcast. And don't forget to check out MarielHemingwayFoundation.com because if you want to support our, our desire to be a resource navigator in the world of mental health, it would really help us out. So let's take a little break and we'll come back. Hold that thought, Jeremiah. Welcome back to Outcomes of Sun radio show podcast. Uh, I just want to say that I'm super excited because I have Jeremiah Higgins, who is our executive producer and now our really good friend, and Melissa Yamaguchi, who is my my co-founder partner in the Mariel Hemingway Foundation, which I mentioned right before the break. Don't forget about that. MarielHemingwayFoundation.org. I think I said .com before. .org. MarielHemingwayFoundation.org. Help support us. Um, Yeah. So we're talking about collaboration today. We're talking about as it affects everything. And you were talking about organ donating. And the fact that there's this lack of communication, you're so right. It's like, I'm moving, right? I'm moving. We are in the process of moving. Not, We're not getting rid of our house in Idaho, but we're fortunate, but also having to go to California part-time for Bobby for business reasons. And it, you know, like I order something and it's, you know, it's out for delivery at my new place and we're not even there, <laughs> right? But that took all of 24 hours. And yet... When it comes to our health and to our community, and, and really what it comes down to is I'm listening to the two of you talk, it's communication. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We talk about our collaboration. That's communication. The communication is, is locked down because people's education and understanding of things is so separate now in some ways. Not in all ways, but in some ways. We, you know, and it's and it's a lot to do with belief systems, right? Or political stance, or you know, fill in the blanks of all the different lanes that people go down. And Melissa and I have talked about this before. This idea that we're not allowed to have conversation about things that are kind of taboo subjects anymore. You can't have just a conversation asking questions about it. Because it'll put you in a camp. If you say one thing, even if you ask a question, you're you're kind of thrown into camp A, B, or C, right? And it's so, and it feels it feels unjust that we can't have communication, collaboration, and conversation 
about anything. We shouldn't be able to. Mm -hmm. We live in 2023, for God's sakes. We should be able to speak about anything and question things and not be polarized and, and, and made to think that we're not good people because we asked a question about it. That, 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 that feels wrong. And, and, and that's really tough on mental health because you never, you never feel safe to ask a question. Right. And when you don't feel safe, you're mentally imbalanced. You don't feel protect. You don't, you're scared. It makes you scared in the world. And that's not a mentally stable place to be. Mm -hmm. No, you're Russell, right. Sorry, Melissa, go ahead. I was going to ask you, Jeremiah, you you've worked on a lot of collaborations, whether it's in the music world, on your show, in the restaurant world. Can you share with us some of the more like a really successful story with collaboration that you had? And I'd like for you to highlight if you could think of something. I'm sure something will come to you because you've got great stories. Something uh, like maybe one of some of the reasons why the the wor working together seemed to meld so beautifully together on a collaboration. Yeah, I'm sure I'd love to. Um, I wanted, you know, one of the things that I follow before I answer that personally that I think about every day uh, is a I, I tell myself we got to get better every day. Richard, Dr. D. Dugan here, sound engineer, he hears it a lot because I, I want every show to get better. I want anything that I do and I touch and I'm involved in to get better every day. And and then I was thinking about that, and I looked up. I was and I was thinking about Muriel. You, I know you met the Dalai Lama. You spent some time with him, and he gave you a really great uh, something to th that that really impacted how you look at life. But one of the, I've got a quote from him, and and I love it. It's it's along those lines of that we all try to get better every day. And he says the goal is not to be better than the other man, but of your previous self. Absolutely. And that is so, I think, so profound that, you know, that a lot of time in collaboration, when I go into projects, Melissa, you know, at one point I had about 350 employees in five different restaurants with 26 different managers. And there's, there's a lot of collaboration, a lot of different egos that are involved. And we're trying to accomplish this common goal, right? And I would be sent into restaurants to fix them. What one of my rules, one of the things that I did, and I thought about this, that really helped, and it would, and it helps in collaborating, is that I would go in and I would spend thirty days very, very quiet, very uh, just observing, getting to know the dishwasher to the busboy to the host, you know, the all the positions, getting to know the person, getting to know something about their families and their lives. And in the meantime, observing the whole operation as it worked. And then something really kind of magical happen, happens every time that I've done this. The, the first week or two, everyone is a little bit on edge. They're standing a little straighter. They're doing things the way that they think you want them to do them. Uh, and then what, what, ha what happens is about 10 days in, they start to relax after you've gotten to know them, after they don't see you as a threat. And that's where you really learn about people and habits and, and, and how I can pinpoint and I can see how, what makes this person work hard and what they care about and how they can work with this other person that doesn't have the same values or care about the same things. And you start to see a kind of a collaboration soup <laughs> and uh, pathway. Um, and then within 30 days, then I start making changes. I think 
that one of the most valuable collaborating tools that we all have is our ears and our hearts and our, our empathy and and being able to listen. I end every one of my shows with that message. You know, communicate like you're talking about, Mariel. Communicate, talk, talk, and, and express ideas and and things, even if I don't believe in them the same way. I need to hear them. Uh, it's almost like having getting immune to a a virus. You you need to experience these different viewpoints, and then you make up your own mind. But listening is the only way you can do that. So I always say, you know, communicate, but listen more. And I want to go back and then I'll, I'll stop here, um, pass it on. But the first you referenced, Mariel, in, your, in our first interview together, a couple days before that interview, I had been listening to Terry Gross of, on NPR. And she had this, she has, I this love her. she has this great way of interviewing people where she asks a simple, simple question and they give her more than the question asked. But she... I know she knows what she's doing. She anticipated, she knew that it would open up. She, she gave them, she led them down a path and, and then they told, they expressed themselves with that. And she just listens. And the whole time I'm thinking she is a great interviewer. She's asking great questions. She's not saying anything. She's listening and she's allowing that person to express themselves. So I had, I, I had come to this realization a couple of days before I interviewed you and I was nervous to interview you. And I'm mm-hmm. like, how am I going to do this? How am I, go- uh, what has not, has Muriel not been asked before? You know, she's done a thousand interviews in her lifetime. What can I bring, you know, to the story uh, and share? And so I really just listened. I asked a couple of questions and I listened to you. And you came away from that. You've mentioned it a few times that it, it was one of your favorite interviews that you really liked it and that we connected and we did. And I think it was because I saw you and I, and I respected you and I wanted to hear your story. And, and so collaborating any team, any, anywhere out there, any, any business, um, personal relationships, anywhere, I think listening is such an important ingredient in collaboration. I, I love that you brought that up because my grandfather talked about listening and his quote is when people talk, listen completely. Don't be thinking what you're going to say. Most people never listen. And it's true. I mean, how often are you in a conversation or, or maybe not you two? Cause you are good listeners, both of you. It's a practice can, though, isn't it? It's really hard. <laughs> isn't it? No, no I mean, it's, it's a, it is, it's a practice. It's a discipline. Listen, yeah. To truly listen. Right. To truly listen is is not an easy task. And I I think that and Melissa, you can either confirm or not confirm, but raising children is really part of that journey of learning to listen because you know, as a parent, you kind of are trying to like get them to do things and da-da-da-da-da. But the truth is the best parenting is when you listen to them and their needs and how, you know, and it's a great tool of, 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 how, of, of seeing whether you're or not you listen, you know, and this is a great, I mean, this is a great platform for me because sometimes I find myself, I'm, I, I do interrupt, you know, Bobby says, you interrupt all the time. And I'm like, whoa, and I don't always see it, but in this, 
platform, I see it. I'm like, oh, oh, right. And then you've got the sound stuff and you don't want to interrupt because it's going to screw up the sound <laughs> anyway. And I should know better because as an actor, you don't want to cut people off, cut their lines off, right? They have lines to say. You don't want to jump in before it's time in, unless you're improving. But when you're improving, you want to listen even more succinctly, more directly, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's it's coming on you and you've got to react to it however it comes, right? So it's very interesting. I think that I love that you brought up listening. I lit. How much do we all this, lose? I love you. I love you because. <laughs> Oh, thank you. When we come back, oh, I'd yeah. let, I know you're going to shoot for a break here in a minute. And I just want to throw a little cliffhanger. When we come back, I want to share, I want to expand on the listing and I want to share a parenting story with you. Awesome. So let's take a little break. Uh, we'll be back with Outcomes of Sun podcast in just a minute. Did you just all see how they collaborated right there? <laughs> I'll see you on the other side. Good collaboration. <laughs> Hi, this is Melissa. Thank you for coming back to Outcomes the Sun radio show and podcast. And right before the break, Mariel and Jeremiah were sharing with all of us about great ideas on listening and the the profound discipline that it can sometimes take. And then Mariel was talking about parenting. And I wanted to share with you, I Jeremiah had a guest and we did a, a co-share, a collaboration of our show and then his show. And he brought he had a guest on the other day and we were talking uh, a, a photographer who lives in South Africa. And I was sharing with him a story about when I took my children there, they were very young. And my son, my daughter was almost five. My son was almost three at the time. And I had Nobu, my son, out on the front porch and we were on a game reserve and there were some spring buck in the near in the near distance in the near distance and i was showing him pointing to my little son i said look nobu they're spring buck and their little tails were flittering and they were jumping around and he said no mama it is zebra and i said no 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 it's not a zebra that's spring buck can you say spring buck being the being a little mom can you say spring buck and he said it is zebra and i said no it's not a zebra he put his little hand on my face and pushed my head <laughs> and right there was a zebra <laughs> right there was a zebra so i <laughs> i th th that kind of encapsulates for me this this thing about parenting that you have all these ideas that you're going to teach and educate you're going to you're going to share your wisdom and you're going to help things get better but if you slow down and listen in parenting, it, this this little hand pushing my head to the side, like getting me, listen, lady, that's a zebra coming out of my hair. It forced me. That small little example kind of set me back a little bit. And that's a perfect, that was a perfect example from here on out, how I, how I raise them. Well, isn't it, isn't it interesting how, it, you know, parenting in, in some ways is really about you learning, I, I think. Yes. I always, I, it's always a mirror. You know, when you're frustrated, when they're re being crazy teenager, I don't know, you didn't have, I had one that was, you know, she, but it was a reflection of how anxious I was, yeah. right? And I didn't know at the time that I was kind of, she was manifesting what I wasn't able to express, mm -hmm. right? You know, that's, 
and and as a parent it's 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 kind of humiliating when you kind of discover that you haven't been honest with yourself about what you're going through but at the same time knowing that now it's such a great thing to share with people understand that your children are marrying you and it's a great way to understand yourself better because they love you they look up to you even when they're teenagers as much as they say i hate you or do whatever they do they don't they're just showing you that it's time to kind of look inward i think a lot of times um, not not always you know sometimes kids will do crazy things and it's not your fault and you know whatever it's just it's a, it's just an interesting I, I don't know i love this conversation because it really makes you look at at who you are and whether collaboration is is something that you can totally accept because collaboration means that true collaboration has no ego that's right mm-hmm. right that's right it doesn't you know there's no vanity there it's just like here we are the three of us and we're like trying to have a really deep conversation about something and nobody's the winner <laughs> you know no. nobody's lead yeah, what, no. what was that that's that phrase they say lifting tide rising tides lift all boats mm-hmm. that's, yeah. really, that's really the goal in true collaboration that we all win yeah. i know jeremiah has has come forward and he and and richard have come or have come forward and said this can be better this could be better let's correct this let's make this better and, and you and i are both so happy and eager for outcomes the sun podcast and radio show to deliver really really important messages of uplifting and and hope and love and promise and collaboration yeah. and betterment that we're open to everything that they tell us you and i both have said sure let's get better as long as you're not personal <laughs> yeah as, as long as i edit out my direction <laughs> as long as you put on your pink hat everything's gonna be fine yeah can i ask a question of both of you Yes. about the, this topic and, and again i'm going back to mariel something that you said in your intro about you surrounding yourself they have to be your friend the people you collaborate with but we all know and i think it's one of the big problems of the world right now um i know for your show my show any of the shows we're involved with uh we are trying to bring the sunshine we are trying to bring the light we are trying if nothing else and you don't like the content or the host or the guest, um, we, you're going to leave feeling a little bit better. And you're not going to, we don't bring salacious stories or gotcha or, you know, the drama of the day. We don't want people angry at each other. We're trying to just have great conversations and get to know each other and bring on people that are, could be friends of ours that, that, and that we hope you like as well. And maybe, maybe there's one thing they said that take you take home. But friendship for both of you, this is the question. What does it take, Mariel, because you alluded to friends and the people that surround you affect your mental wellness. And it's so important to work, to, to surround yourself with positive things in your life and to enjoy nature and the world. Uh, at the most, I mean, everything's going to drag you down in some way or some form at some time. But the discipline again like listening discipline to treat yourself well surround yourself with the right people what does mariel hemingway look for in a friend do you know what you want you the people what they look like that surround you now what do they look like and i want to ask melissa the same question this is super 
That's a super interesting question because, and Melissa and I have talked about this. I never had a friend like Melissa till late in my life. I never, I, I have good friends, please. And my friends out there, I love you. But it wasn't until I met Melissa that I had this friend that they're just, it, there was just no icky places, <laughs> you know, like it was just easy. I was allowed to be me. She's allowed to be her, whatever. How so, old were you at this me, point that you got your what? first? How old were you when you found Melissa? And this is your very, really your first real friend, right? I, as you've said, I want to say I was I'm early, 60, early 50s. I was probably 50, 50 early 50s. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, that so it, that's, you know, like. So we've been friends for about two minutes. <laughs> it works. You could have said, I, I didn't mean to age. Deep. I guess I, should, I asked age. But. We went deep. We went deep and fast. Uh, but I, I think but what's interesting about that conversation, that this question is the fact that, you know, we go through stages in our lives. And I was also, uh, I, uh, I remember there was a time when people would say, you go through people. And I, f I would feel horrible. I would be like, what? You know, like what? You know, like you just go through people. You don't call them back. And I am not a very good connector with like uh, all the time. I have one friend that I had from childhood and I can call her once a year and she's like, hey. And it was like we spoke yesterday. Right. That's that friend. But not everybody's that way. I'm not great. I, I don't like the phone. Melissa <laughs> is the only person that I can sit on the phone with for like forever which is bizarre it's just not like me even my kids are like you're you never call me i'm like oh no i do i do really <laughs> you didn't you missed it <laughs> <laughs> you're I'm acting up <laughs> yeah i hope that maybe they're like i didn't get any missed calls <laughs> <laughs> but but what are those qualities but, that it, are, are can you but we go through stages in life where where you know where you're also, I think when you're younger, you're like focused on, you know, you're on your career or I'm parenting or I'm this or I'm that. And I would get I would get tunnel vision. Now there's more space, even though I'm very busy in my life. I realize that friendship is is so sweet and so um, sacred mm -hmm. that when you find it, you really do have to embrace it because it's so rare to really or a friendship collaboration that works you know like our collaboration i think really works we are you know we we sometimes falter and 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 have to say oh i didn't mean that or whatever because we don't know each other's body language and you know the way that we communicate is not clear yet completely clear but it still works and we know it works because we sense the energy of that and i think as we get older and wiser you you know your people right mm -hmm. and the people that don't serve your life and it doesn't mean they're bad people they fall away because the, because the, it doesn't work you. anymore yeah. right yeah. it just doesn't it doesn't feed you and it doesn't feed them nobody's winning in that situation it's kind of like oh i just put band-aids on this one right and yeah. that's not that's not healthy and it's okay to own that Look, I love you, but I I'm I'm moving in a different direction. It, it, you know, 
I don't know. That I think was, that- yeah, that was the reason for the question because I was thinking about, do you, you know what the, all the experts say when you, in order for you to love somebody, truly love them, you have to first love yourself and understand what you want and who you are and love yourself. And, and I've always thought that's so interesting because I don't know if I ever have, if I've ever really reflected on myself very often and what do I want? And so I thought with friendship, you know, what, what does Mariel Hemingway want? What does Melissa Yamaguchi, do we know? Are there like, is there like a list that we all know what we're looking for or do we just feel it? And, I know, I just, and do we need to know, you know, do we need to know so that we surround ourselves with the people that make us the best, best versions of ourselves, or, or help us learn and grow every day? I know what I look for in people because I know what I expect for myself. And I have very strong um, markers in my life that are my values. And I'm, I'm not a stickler. This is not about uh, politics or religion. This is about my moral compass and my values and what matters to me in life. And when those that I've, I have welcomed into the fold, so to speak, that I brought into my heart, um, they resonate on that same vibration. They resonate with the same desire um, to to move in a in a in a direction that I find myself moving. It doesn't mean it has to be at the same level. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a desire to be uh, extremely healthy. I'm not at the same level of Mariel Hemingway, but she is too. So we're on the, we're moving forward. But Mariel and I connected in a way at that point in our lives when we first met up, um, and I and I can tell you it was. It was no, there was no BS. There was no one trying to outdo the other person. No one was trying to, you know, like get ahead in the, you know, like cut in front of line and stuff. It was this, this really symbiotic flow of, oh, I like that too. And I want this too out of life. And the flow was so incredibly natural. So it hit a lot of, it ticked a lot of boxes for me. Um, if I had a list, uh, which I do, I do have an idea of this gal is very keen when it comes to parody and i don't mean on across the board i mean on you're you're you and i are human beings on the same level you and i are coming into this with the same heart the same mindset this let's go and i want her to succeed Mm -hmm. that's that's huge for me i really want her to win and i have worked my tail end off sometimes to make sure that she is protected and she wins and i'm I'm a great friend, but I haven't had that. And maybe it's because of, of you know, maybe being older. I've got, like you, Meryl, I do want to give a shout out to my friends. I don't want them watching me getting a call at midnight saying, why are you so-and-so? I have great friends and I love them. Love you. But this is, the difference in this as a best friend um, is, like I said, I, I want her to win. I really want her to win and I don't, I'm not waiting for me to win too. I, I'm winning. I want her to win because I really, I love her and I care about her. It's a, mm-hmm. And it's a similar, the win that I want for my husband, the win I want for my kids. I, you, when you love someone genuinely and authentically, you want them to win. You want them to feel good. You want their life to be, you want the sun to come out. You yeah. want it to really be great for them. Yeah. <laughs> It's so true. I mean, I feel the same. I feel the same. I actually started to cry. (laughs) But um, because when I think of Bobby and I think of you, it's kind of like the same package. I don't know. There's just the same when you love somebody in that way, the way I think about my daughter, the way I think about my soon to be granddaughter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
Yeah. So I, I feel the same way. It's just like you, it's, it's the most selfless relationship. It's just like, wow, I just want, yeah, you, you just want them to win because you love them and you care. And it, and it isn't about you, which is astonishing because I grew up, you know, I think I looked like I was nice, but I think inside I was super selfish <laughs> but that's also not knowing yourself i think selfishness mm -hmm. comes from an insecurity uh, and like you said jeremiah it's also i didn't love myself enough so I, so you're always trying to be a little bit better than somebody else so that you can prove to yourself that you're valuable yeah. right that, yeah. and 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 really it's just because you don't feel that good about yourself but when that goes away and you actually do you know because i could say now at 61 years old, I love myself. I really do. I like who I've become. That's so great. Um, am I really, you know, do I make mistakes? Yes. Do I say, do I sometimes not say <laughs> yes, but it doesn't mean that I don't like who I am. I really like my life. I like my relationships. I like, I love me, which I used to think that was the most selfish, gross thing to say, right? But I couldn't feel it. It all starts and, there. And now I do. And, and, it, and it has enabled me to love others in an open, honest way. It's made my relationship with my significant other, Bobby, that much better, right? It's just, it, it's better. Thank you. Yeah, it starts <laughs> there, right? It starts with that... Because that's how you then how you have empathy for others and you relate to others. And you know what? You guys, you both answered the question for me in not so many words, but I'm going to I'm going to sum it up. If you don't mind what I got Please. out of both of your answers is that it's almost like that. Uh, how uh, I think I've been in love or fallen in love maybe twice in my entire life. And that so that's very unique. Right. Um, they didn't. I don't think it was reciprocated, but I felt that way about somebody twice. And it, it came because it's like you're finishing each other's sentences. You can feel the the, the right uh, energy around each other, the vibe, the the viewpoints on life and different things. You're excited to share music and, and your experiences. That's what you're describing about your husband, Melissa, Bobby, Mariel, uh, your children and, and those and, and your friendship. Mm -hmm. that it's that it's almost that same thing where it's a uh, it's almost unspoken it's where you know yourself enough to know that this person is could be your person and so that's pretty cool and that's collaboration it is cool hey we gotta take a break we'll be back to with outcomes of sun and our collaboration talking justice <laughs> Welcome back. Out comes the sun, Mariel Hemingway and Melissa Yamaguchi. I am their special guest today. My name's Jeremiah. Thank you for having me. This is such a great conversation. We're talking about collaboration and uh, everything that is involved in that. Yeah, which is a lot as we're discovering. Mm -hmm. Pride, community, love, <laughs> friendship listen wow there's a lot if i could i tell a real quick story yeah do you mind if i tell real quick this is something that Please. i think about a lot it's a short one 
And I, I hate to be one of those guys that quotes Steve Jobs, but it's a Steve Jobs story, I believe. Um, I think it was in his documentary, and he talks about how Apple had been innovating and, and the iPhones and all the things that we love and we have to buy and stand in line for and get the next version three months later. He, he talked about how they came up and innovated so many things, an iPad, et cetera. And they would, he would take his creatives into a meeting, and the rule was no one, everybody had an idea. They were going to pitch it. Nobody could say anything negative for five minutes. And what they had to do, they had to retrain their brain to say something positive. And you don't say anything unless it's something, well, I could see that working in this way, or I could see us fixing that issue challenge this way for five minutes. And it would go around the table. And if at the end of it, nobody could really come up with solutions or anything positive to say, then they would kill the idea. But what they found was that by collaborating, by by retraining their brain to what could be, rather than we all, I think, automatically go, that's never going to work. And they retrain their brain right. in the creative process as collaborators, as teammates, to say something nice about the other person's idea and see if they had possibility there. And I just, I've always loved that, I think, yeah. And collaborating and anything that we do, if we could That's retrain amazing. ourselves to not go to the negative first, which I think I, I always wonder why was that? Why is that inherently the way we're programmed? We always go, I'm never good enough. I'm not going to be able to do that. <laughs> I, I can't, you know, you for yourself, for others. If somebody's got a good idea, no, that's never going to work just because you're jealous or whatever it is you're envious. Why do we do that? And um, can we reprogram ourselves? Well, here's here's what's and and this just exactly what you're talking about is that Bobby and I try to get the not and the couldn't. And the can't and the wouldn't and the I won't and or I can't or whatever. All the negatives. When we write an email, we read each other's emails and he I take out the negatives. I also make his sentences a bit shorter because they're crazy. <laughs> they're crazy long. I'm like having my after all, you know. Um, and you know, say what you want, not what you don't want. Right. It's so simple. But when you train your brain to focus on what you want, your which is always with, you know, it, it's surrounded with joy. Usually, I mean, unless you want weird stuff, mm-hmm. but not what you don't want. And people that talk about what they don't want usually get what they don't want because they've talked about it so long. And it's almost like do- you've heard that dogs can't hear. No, they can't hear the word. No. Like if you say, don't pee on the floor, right? Yeah. No, what you're supposed to say, I mean, I don't, I don't know if this I is I didn't true, hear this. I like I've this. heard it. Is that you, you know, when I, Daisy, when I was training her, you pee outside, we pee outside. You know, you say what you want. You say the positive because they, I don't know why, but I think, I think probably humans don't. You know, it's it, the negative shuts you. In other words, the negative shuts you. Yeah, down. maybe that's why dogs are always so happy. <laughs> yeah, they we, learn the, the trick. The laws, don't the laws hear of no. attraction state that you'll never receive in life what you want while focusing on what you don't. Yeah. Yes, and that's just, that's just what it is. Yeah. You'll never receive what you want while focusing on what you don't want. Yeah, I love that. It's energy. It's 
Quit looking at all you what you're afraid. I mean, that's what makes me really sad about people that are so frightened of what's been going on the last few years. And, you know, this fear of it usually means you're going to get it or or something's going to happen. I mean, you're going to have to address it at some point. I'm not saying that's a, you know, and I think you touched on it, Mariel, in the fear always draws it towards you. So like if you're pushing something super heavy, eventually you just get tired and it's going to hit you, right? You're just going to be, it's so exhausting to keep pushing away at things that you fear because what is that anyway? Things that you fear is just, they're just images in your mind. They're not real, Mm -hmm. but you keep creating that. And that's the energy that is drawn towards you. When you keep imagining the worst and you just keep fearing it and you keep, and it, and it just accelerates. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a mental health situation. That's anxiety. That's fear-based anything. What's the the solution? And never getting yourself out of that wheel of 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 sadness of fear fear is a very difficult one and it's very difficult to overcome believe yeah you yeah. know i know that but but it's i think about my mother who had cancer when i was a kid and i was her primary caregiver at like 10 years old um and i remember being in a plane to go see her after she'd had surgery on a malignant tumor so they couldn't touch it right they had to do radiation but and i was in this plane my father had sent this plane i was on the spring break with my really good friend and they sent me on this little plane tiny little plane up to to the to the hospital in oregon because we didn't I, i don't know i guess we didn't have good hospitals where we lived at the time and i remember being in the plane and i just and thank god i i don't know what allowed uh, enabled me to do this but i kept thinking about my mom and i was thinking of her smiling and praying to god and god's going to keep her so healthy and and she's going well my mother okay i'm probably not responsible but but i've always thought that those positive thoughts i never thought a negative thing i never thought oh she i never feared she was going to mm-hmm. die I just I just kept thinking about her being home and happy and that I could, you know, right? And mm-hmm. and I do believe and maybe it's just, you know, magical thinking, but I do believe that it that helped to keep her alive. She she lived 30 years. She lived 30 mm-hmm. years and she had stage 4 cancer. And she lived a very very long time. She wasn't terribly healthy, but you know that that seeing things as you want them is a powerful tool. And it's not magical thinking. It actually does scientifically work. They've proven Mm -hmm. that it does work when they have study groups of people focused meditation, prayer and uplifting messages towards someone who's not doing well. They see, they see a marked remarkable difference. So yeah, it's, it's, it's been proven that it works a lot. We're, we're bundles of energy. And our our collaboration is nothing more than a coming together of respect, communication, love. It's a it's a lovely thing. And I want to I want us to remember. I know we've 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 got a short amount of time left, but I want us to remember that during this time of 
social break from one another, whether it was it was mandated or whether it's been it's been designed because of geographical distances or job keeps you in in a room on a computer all day, whatever it is. We are social beings and collaboration has a lot of different hats and you can collaborate with orchestrating a time to get together, working together with friends for a greater good of your relationship. A lot of our elders have, have been alone. A lot of, a lot of people that are alone are hungry and they are starving for collaboration on some level. We've got to continue to reach out to one another. Mm. Absolutely. Thank well you said. so much, Melissa. That was that was beautiful. And thank you so much, everyone, for being here on um, Outcomes of Sun Radio and podcast. We love having you here. We love having conversations that open open each other's hearts. And thank you, Jeremiah. Thank you, Melissa. And thank you, Richard. We know you're back there <laughs> doing the work, doing the heavy lifting. Thank you so much, everyone. God bless you. Outcomes the Sun has been a production of Evolve Entertainment. Hosts, Mariel Hemingway and Melissa Yamaguchi. Executive producer, Jeremiah Higgins. And sound engineer and producer, Richard Dr. D. Dugan. Thank you for listening. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.